ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present the Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of the Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at Wakefield Crowbar. Here now are the Killer Bees, Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. Ooh, what up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? <laughs> He's Blank. I'm Branham. Joe George is here. Josh Beard is here. Andrew Carlson is here. That was their... Uh, <laughs> they said, I'm done. That's it for me. The homage. Uh, Josh Chevy's back in uh, our studios. That was the best one of H-Town I've ever heard. Okay. Like, it was synchronized. It was synced up. That I had to hang terrible. on it for a little bit to get the guys to figure out the cue. Yeah, you did. That was well. That You quarterbacked the situation very nicely. That was well done. I am impressed with you guys. Uh, that was fantastic. Uh, we'll see if we're impressed with the Astros a little bit later. He's blank on Branham, by the way. We are at Wakefield Crowbar. Wakefield Crowbar, the best happy hour daily menus that you can find in the city of Houston. They unveiled a new happy hour uh, that they're well, having today, and we're taking advantage of that. Uh, wings for 50 cents Ooh. Monday through Friday, 2 to 6. But on Wednesdays, it's Wild Wednesday. You can get a buffalo wing, a boneless wing, for 25 cents for a quarter. Where else can you find a boneless wing for 25 cents? It's a six-piece minimum. You get six boneless wings, that's $1.50. Where else can you find a deal like that? I know you were an analytics guy, but the numbers you just and put together. And a wing guy. Woo! Yeah, analytics and you wings. You figured out 150 that like that. That is, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean. A quarter times six. Give me six quarters. I got a dollar fifty. There you go. It's, I don't know if that's great math. There. I, I think that's sarcastic in saying that. But yeah, we're just... well, I mean, I was right at least. Uh, we'll see if the Astros are right a little bit later. Uh, what, what's your mood right now, heading into Game Three in Arlington? I'm optimistic. I am. I'm still a believer. I believe that this team is is special. It's different. It's built to play on the road more so. And we talked about this yesterday in terms of. Different than other teams in this league, I give this team more of a chance percentage-wise than any other team in baseball in this situation of being down 0-2, having lost the first two games on your home field. I, I firmly believe that they're going to be in the ball game tonight. They're still in the series, and I expect them to win tonight. I, I like the matchup. I like the fact that I never have to worry about them focused on the road. I just like the fact that I don't believe a whole lot in Max Scherzer going for a long time. I don't believe in him facing simulated game situations and being like, that's okay, now we're just going to throw him in the middle of the ALCS and he's going to be just fine. And I believe that Christian Javier in the playoffs can be a different pitcher than what we saw in the up and downs of the regular season. So I'm still cautiously optimistic and I feel pretty good about tonight right now. Yeah, um, a lot of good things. There, there are some things that make me nervous. Like everybody, well, we're going to rock Max Scherzer. He's still Max Scherzer. Like, I understand that he hasn't pitched in a while. He's coming off injury. Bruce Bochy said, like, 70 pitches is the baseline. Like, all the signs point to the Astros being able to touch Max Scherzer a little bit. But he's still Max Scherzer. Christian Javier pitched really well against Minnesota, right? Didn't give up a run. He gave up one hit. Now, he did walk five in five innings. We still saw some bad of Christian Javier. So, yes, we love playoff Christian Javier. Uh, He's only given up two hits and three starts. He's not given up a run in three starts in the postseason in his starts, his starts only. But we still saw some bad of Christian Javier. This is still the same lineup that struggled in games one and two with runners in scoring position. So, like, I have that in the back of my mind. I feel good. Like, Vegas has the Rangers as a favorite in this game, by the way. I feel good, but at the same time, I know what Max Scherzer is capable of, and quite frankly, I know what Christian Javier is capable of. I think that's that's cautiously optimistic. That's the fact that you know that you're not going to be overconfident, 
you know that there are variables that say, hey, this Rangers team is hot at the right time. This Rangers team, you know, has a ton of momentum coming off the fact that they well should going into the Astros park and coming away with two victories. But you feel like this team is different. This team is wired to do what is expected and required of them to do in this situation. I think that's why it's easy to say, look, I feel like they've got a really good chance tonight. I'm with you. Max Scherzer is going into the Hall of Fame someday. Max Scherzer is a guy that you're not going to put a five spot on or an eight spot on. But you hope his control is a little off. You hope that he's not capable of throwing the kind of stuff that we've seen him when he's dominant. So you need to capitalize on that. And, and, you know, from the Javier perspective, the one thing that bothers me is everybody's just focused on the hits. When you factor in the walks, then you factor in a guy that's still setting himself up to be in a dangerous situation with runners on base. So I still have some concerns about Javier as well, but I know that in the playoffs he does seem to be a different animal. He does seem to be able to get it done no matter what, and that's what they need tonight. They need a dog that goes out there and just says, under any means necessary, I'm going to do what needs to be done, and I feel like he's got the stuff to do that. They need a reptile. Calm under the water, but can get aggressive whenever they have to, Javier said yesterday. Now, five five walks and five innings is far too much. I, I do think that Javier, that is kind of who he has to be. Like, he has to be a guy that's going to walk guys every now and then because he, he lives at the top of the strike zone with a fastball. He relies on swing and miss with a slider outside of the zone. So Javier is, gonna, is going to walk a few. He doesn't have a great demand. So he's going to walk a few. I think it's who he has to be. Now, let's get it to where it's under a walk an inning. Let's walk three over five innings. Let's walk three over six innings. Five and five innings is way too much, but I do think he has to kind of be that, that guy at times. How much like, pressure do you think is on Javier, that first batter? A lot. Just to not walk him. Like, it just it not- feels like it, it's not Fromber level of a bloop and a bloop is going to unravel everything, but if he walks that first guy – like, the, the anxiety I think that everyone will be feeling watching that game is going to be through the roof. I don't think it's even a walk. I think it's just a, a yep. base hit or a walk or a runner at any yeah. – regardless of how they get there, that's how the floodgate got open last game. That's a situation that everybody is going to gasp at and go, oh, no, here we go again. Because as Jeremy pointed out earlier in the week, the other thing that you have to factor in is whether you believe in it or not, they have a problem when they don't score first. So it's that, it's the way they scored the last game, it's the fact that by any means necessary, if they put a runner on base, it just seems like the the, the dink and the dunks and, the every, and everything that could go wrong will, and that sets you up for a really bad start to the game in a game that you have to have. Yeah, yeah I, I, there's a lot of pressure for Javier tonight. Now, is he the guy that you want with lots of pressure? Evidence would tell you yes. Like he, Martin Maldonado was talking to the media yesterday. I had to check to see if he actually had a heartbeat. All of those things, but yeah, you know that pressure. You know that it's it's going inside of Christian Javier, like it's happening inside. You know the heartbeat, et cetera, et cetera. Now that said, I like Javier in big spots more than like Framber Valdez. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's easy to say. So I do like that Javier is the guy on the mound down two nothing. But yes, there is pressure there. I think the biggest storyline that we learned yesterday was Dusty Baker saying that Kyle Tucker is going to for uh, temporary bases, be moved down in the lineup. Here was Dusty Baker yesterday talking to the media and talking about a potential lineup change for Kyle Tucker. You know, we had a good conversation today. And, uh, you know, for for a temporary uh, situation, I might move him down the order, try to take a little bit off of him. And uh, so, you know, we'll see. And uh, there are a few guys, uh, you know, we need to get going or – you know, we all need to get going. 
All need to get going. Uh, exactly, Dusty. We all need to get going. What do you make of the comments for the Astros skipper, and where do you bet Kyle Tucker tonight against Max Scherzer? It's interesting because of the fact that in the regular season, I don't think Dusty would do this. I think that he would be hell-bent on staying out, holding out as long as he possibly could before he would move him, and we saw how stubborn he was with Abreu when Abreu had, was scuffling and still insisted on putting him in in the five spot in the middle of the lineup. Um, I think that this is different, and Dusty realizes it. This is a must-win. This is more of a sense of urgency in the fact that he needs to do what this team needs to have happen so that they can get a couple of innings where they can put just runs on the board, let alone crooked numbers. They've got to stop swinging for the fences. They've got to be able to hit breaking pitches the other way, and they've got to start getting some runs across the plate, especially early. And I think that with all that said, that's why I think he's going to move him down. I think that if Brantley's in the lineup, Brantley's a guy that I'd like to see hit higher because I said this to you before the series started. Until the wheels fall off or his arm does in this case or his shoulder, I just need him in there because I know he's a professional hitter and I know that so far since since he's come back, whenever he's available, he's a stick. Yeah. And I want him to be higher in the lineup. So I, I would like to see him move up and kind of flip-flop with Tuck so that Tuck goes back a couple of steps, Brantley goes up a couple of steps in the lineup. The rest of the lineup stays the same. I saw some people clamoring for Pena to get back to the two-hole to get going. You can't afford to do that. Bregman has had good at-bats. He just has bad, has had some bad luck results. I leave the lineup basically the same. I put Dubon in center field instead of Chaz, but I definitely move Tucker down, and I move Brantley into Tucker's spot. Yeah, I, I don't like it, if I'm being okay. completely honest. Now, the Brantley the Brantley thing that you said, I, I'm, I'm all in. I completely agree with you. There's no reason that Michael Brantley should not be hitting in the top three spots of this lineup. Uh, maybe I don't disagree with you all that much, but just like maybe a slight nitpick. Brantley against a lefty, like whatever. Like maybe he doesn't play that day, whatever, but that's not today. Max Scherzer's a righty. Right. Michael Brantley's seen him and has had pretty good success against him. There's no reason that Michael Brantley should not be one of your top three hitters in the batting order tonight. Uh, tomorrow, worry about that tomorrow. Tonight right. against Max Scherzer, completely 100% agree with you that Michael Brantley should be one of your top three hitters. Uh, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll push back with who do you trust more? And I understand that Kyle Tucker has two hits, 23 at-bats, whatever. My counterpoint, though, is who do you trust more in the next 23 at-bats? Who do you trust more in four or five at-bats tonight, Kyle Tucker or Jose Abreu? Probably Kyle Tucker. I should, right? I I believe that, and I see what you're saying. But my pushback to that would be that's fine, except for as much as we've nitpicked Fromber's instability mentally, Tuck, when he gets, we know when he's going well, he can ride it, and he is a, a hell of a baseball player. We know when things start going bad, he starts, it, it starts weighing on him. He starts doing quirky things like the batting gloves. He starts, when he makes an out, flipping the bat, showing his frustration, it builds with every at bat. And I think Abreu kind of has more of that steady heartbeat too, like success or failure, he knows he's getting paid and he's going to go out and continue to do what he's supposed to do. So I think from a mental standpoint, I trust Abreu more, if that if that's a way to answer it. Mentally, I, I trust Abreu, but just ability-wise right now in their career, I obviously t- trust Tucker. Kyle Tucker had two exit velocities in game two that were over 100 miles per hour. And I know that Dusty believes in exit hits, not exit velocity. But exit velocity does show you, like, okay, the guy's swinging it pretty good. Kyle Tucker smashed two balls right at people in game two. I trust Kyle Tucker having five plate appearances more than I trust Jose Abreu having five five plate appearances, especially against a righty, especially against Max Scherzer. And I understand Tucker's like one for six lifetime against Scherzer. Abreu has seen him more. But if I have a game on the line, I want Kyle Tucker up in that spot, not Jose Abreu. So that's where I'm kind of – 
I, I understand Kyle Tucker batting behind Brantley, Altuve, Jordan, uh, Bregman, even if you want to throw him into that conversation too. But I'm going to have a bit of an issue if Jose Abreu is batting ahead of Kyle Tucker, even though he's slumping, even though Abreu was great in the division series. Kyle Tucker smashed two balls in game two, and I trust Kyle Tucker more than I trust Jose Abreu. In fact, I'm going to call BS here on Dusty Baker. One thing that we know about Dusty Baker is he hates batting lefties back-to-back. He especially hates batting lefties back-to-back when the other team has multiple lefties in their bullpen. What do the Rangers have in their bullpen? They have multiple lefties. I think this is an excuse for Dusty Baker to split up his lefties. I think this is an excuse to where he's going to go Brantley. I think Brantley's going to bat. I think it's going to be Altuve. It's going to be Brantley. It's going to be Bregman. It's going to be Jordan. And then it's going to be Abreu, then Tucker. I think this is all a calculated excuse to split up the lefties, bat Abreu ahead of Kyle Tucker. And quite frankly, I think it's the wrong call. I trust Kyle Tucker more in a big spot than Jose Abreu. Do you trust Kyle Tucker more in a big spot than Jose Abreu? Because I fully expect Jose Abreu to be batting ahead of Kyle Tucker tonight, and I think it's the wrong call. Yeah, no, I, I see where you're coming from. I, I just, my question would be, I'm interested how people respond, because my, my question is, if it's Abreu for the body of work for the whole season, it's one thing. If it's Abreu for the last two weeks of the season, at last, last series or two of the regular season, and then into the playoffs, I have a guy that I have more confidence in than I had all year long. Now, on the flip side, I had confidence in Tucker all year long, and now obviously he's scuffling, and it's it's where you're starting to doubt a little bit. I still think Tucker's a better overall hitter at this point in his career, where he's sitting and where Abreu's sitting. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. What side of the aisle do you land on that, Kyle Tucker? Jose Abreu, who do you trust more in a big moment? Because, look, that factors in. Whoever you trust more in a bigger moment should be batting ahead of the guy that you don't trust in the bigger moment. 713-780-3776. Where do you land on that? The HRP listener line. We're all on Twitter. He's at Pac-Man Joel. Joe is at Joe George Radio. I'm at Jeremy Branham. We're broadcasting live from Wakefield Crowbar. We'll be here all evening. This is the spot. Come see us. Come hang out. Watch the Astros game tonight and take advantage of these great happy hour deals. These wings are fantastic, and the beers are cold 713-780-3776 killer bees on espn 97.5 and espn 92.5 now don't hurry over here don't speed over here but get over here now if you get into a car accident on the way over here or wherever you're going there's only one person you need to call that's hollingsworth law firm and don't worry about spending tons of money you won't pay a dime until you win that's a valuable commodity when you get into an accident you feel alone you feel alienated you don't know who to call first and what to do you need someone that's going to be in your corner every step of the way. You don't need them billing you for every conversation and every hour that you spend with them trying to figure out how you recoup all of what you lost in an accident. Whether it's being from an insurance company or in a lawsuit because it was the other driver's fault, you need someone that's going to back you, be there for you, and only charge you after you win. And that is the beauty of why Hollingsworth Law Firm is experts at car accidents and they do what they do the way they do it. If you or someone you know has been injured in a car wreck or accident, give Hollingsworth Law Firm a call right now. Do not wait. There's no upcharge fee. There's no retainer. Uh, there, there's no billable hours. You get all of this for free. A free consultation. All you have to do is call the number 713-999-8773 713-999-8773 or you can just head online. CarWreckTexas.com That's CarWreckTexas.com ESPN 97.5.com Iocane powder. It is odorless, tasteless, dissolves instantly in liquid, and is among the more deadly poisons known to man. (laughs) 
Live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at Wakefield Crowbar, it's the Killer Bees. Here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Astros lineup should be coming up relatively soon. As soon as it drops, we'll let you know. Question we have for you, who do you trust more in a big spot tonight? Kyle Tucker, Jose Abreu, 713-780-ESPN, the HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. We are broadcasting live at Wakefield Crowbar. If you're in the area, come hang out with us. Joe George is going to be here after we go off the air. Come hang out with Joe George, said nobody ever. But you might. You might love Jose Jorge. Hip, hip. So come on by. Hang out you're with, producing uh, with Joe. Hour? Wakefield Crowbar. I even think Jose Jorge Jr. is coming in the next like, is he 45 really? minutes. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I haven't seen on, him I in a while. I think they're on their way. Oh, good. I told them they can run around and play in the sand for like four hours. Those are my favorite Jorge. Oh, he'll love that. Yeah, the yeah. little ones. The, yeah, and, and the misses. Mrs. Mrs. Yeah. Jorge. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I understand why I'm not the favorite. Okay. We're uh, we're enjoying some uh, wild Wednesday boneless wings that you can get for just 25 cents during happy hour 2 to 6. Every day, Monday through Friday, you get some boneless wings for 50 cents on a wild Wednesday Half off, $0.25 cents a wing, a Modelo, Big Beer, a Modelo Big Beer for $3, a Lemon Drop Shot for just 4 bucks. They have great deals, great specials, happy hour each day, 2 to 6. They have some Astro specials. They're playing tonight. A great spot to have a little bite during happy hour and a great spot to, to watch the Astros play a little ball, hopefully win a game 3. 713-780-3776-6941. How do we feel about $300 million contract for Kyle Tucker now? Well, this is probably not the show where you want to text in that because no. we don't believe in $300 million contracts for most players. Uh, we've never been on the pay-the-man Kyle Mm-mm. Tucker uh, train. We, were, we weren't on the Correa train. No, we weren't. And, and and we've always been honest in the fact that, look, we understand that there's talent in the baseball player and there's loyalty and love for a guy that's been there and done it for you. But you have to be realistic from a business perspective. And most of those deals – you spend a lot of dollars and they don't make a lot of sense and the return on, on investment just doesn't end up being in your favor by the time the deal runs its course. So you stay away from those deals. The one thing that bothers me, though, is that whole Janet Jackson philosophy again. The same way we saw yesterday, the number one villain and and the, the, the crosshairs that everybody had you know, focused on was Fromber Valdez. And you couldn't get enough anti-Fromber yesterday. Now, because Tucker's struggling, and remember I said at the time, Tuck's lucking out right now because everybody's so focused on killing Fromber that they're not looking at how bad he's struggling. And now, of course, the strays are going to start coming in for Tuck, too, and it's going to fall over into, whew, we dodged a bullet. We shouldn't pay Tucker. Don't forget about the fact that without Kyle Tucker this year, you're probably not in the playoffs in this position right now because he carried your ass for a majority of the season when Altuve and Jordan and other guys were out when he put up the numbers that he put up. Yeah, I think it's disrespectful to Kyle Tucker that we're even talking about moving down, especially behind Jose Abreu. Like, it's one thing to bat behind Michael Brantley, who's red-hot professional hitter. It's one thing to bat behind Jose Altuve, who's also ice cold after that home run to lead off the ALDS. He's not getting messed with at the top of the order. Alex Bre- He's been solid. He's been fine. He wasn't as good as Kyle Tucker was during the regular season. We wouldn't dare talk about Alex Bregman being moved down. Jordan Alvarez should get Jordan Alvarez treatment, absolutely. But Kyle Tucker, you're going to disrespect him by batting him behind Jose Abreu when he's been so good for you all year? And Kyle Tucker said the right things. Uh, Kyle Tucker said whatever we can do to possibly try and win games is fine. Look, he's, he's a professional. He's playing it right. But there's no way in the world that Kyle Tucker should be batting behind Jose Abreu with the seasons that they have. Yes, Jose Abreu had a great ALDS. Kyle Tucker has not. Kyle Tucker had a couple better at-bats than Jose Abreu did in Game 2. And again, Kyle Tucker's just a better hitter right now, today, in 2023, than Jose Abreu is. Jeremy, the bottom line is the manager manners. In every situation like this, 
you're going to have a, you know a lot of the realistic managers, a lot of the analytical managers, a lot of the managers that that know what the numbers state and back up exactly what you're saying. They're going to go, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to do that to Kyle Tucker. And Dusty Baker is a guy that hell bent or otherwise, he believes in the old school veteran players. He believes in Abreu more than anybody else in the organization. Obviously, maybe Jeff Bagwell, but for the most part, and we know he makes the lineups. And because of that. And the fact that he has loyalty to guys because of their entirety of the back of their baseball card, not just what they've done recently, he's going to, we saw what he did with the Brave during the season. It's weird, it's twisted, but it's dusty. And that's why he's going to do yeah. whatever he's going to do and, and, and have a Brave probably hit in front of Tucker. Cash or trash it. It's a, it's a big conspiracy or an illusion to split up his lefties. I think there's a possibility He did it in there. game one. Yeah. He split up his lefties in game one. Now, there was a lefty on the mound in Jordan Montgomery, but Jose Abreu was your cleanup hitter in game one, and Kyle Tucker was batting fifth. Like, He's going to do it again tonight. This I, is a calculated way to split up his lefties because that's what Dusty likes to do. And, and frankly, if Kyle Tucker was playing better, maybe they'd be moving Kyle Tucker to second instead of Michael Brantley because I agree that's what we're going to see tonight. I also, I guess, am the, the lone man here that wants to pay Kyle Tucker. My argument has always been, like, if you paid him now or paid him this last offseason, he'd be 36 by the time that contract runs out, which is the exact same age Jose Abreu's contract just started. So, like, you could have backloaded it to where it was, like, only $20 million. And, you know, but even then, like, it ends at 36. But Kyle Tucker tonight should, at minimum, be batting behind Jordan Alvarez. Because the yeah. thing is, is that their numbers against lefties are good. Like, it's not like Kyle Tucker goes out there and it's just a disaster against lefties. It's not like he's Jeremy Pena or Chaz McCormick or Yainer Diaz who can't stop swinging at everything that's five feet out of the yeah. zone. Like, Kyle Tucker should be batting behind Jordan Alvarez. It's better for Jordan Alvarez. They're going to intentionally walk Jordan Alvarez to get to Jose Abreu in a big moment, and they're less likely to do that if Kyle Tucker's the, up. The other thing with that, too, is, like, play manager for a second. Play Bruce Bochy. Like, he's going to want the, a lefty. And, and I know that Jordan and Tucker hit lefties well. You're still going to bring in a lefty with the pocket of Jordan, Abreu, and Tucker. Is Jose Abreu going to prevent Bruce Bochy from going with his with that, not going to his no. lefty? Absolutely no. not. No. So, like, the whole point of splitting lefties is so they don't bring up a lefty to face that pocket. Jose Abreu is not going to change the decision of Bruce Bochy. It's it's crazy. It's, it really is. And, and, again, like, Kyle Tucker's had the better year. Has he had the better playoff? No. Do I think Kyle Tucker in his next 20 at-bats would be better than Jose Abreu in his next 20 at-bats? I do. Do we want Like, let's forget 20 at-bats. Let's go four at-bats with Max Scherzer on the mound. Yeah, uh, Kyle Tucker, Jose Abreu. Ask yourself the question. If people are weighing in on this, 713-780-ESPN-9547. Uh, give me Tucker over Abreu. Uh, Ocho says, I trust Chris Tucker more than Abreu. In other words, I don't trust Abreu at all. Uh, 8327, I trust Abreu more. I'm fine with the move. I think it's long overdue. Adrian, okay, there, you have a, a consenting party there. Do you ride with the hot hand or go with who you trust? Not that Abreu really had a hot hand. He, he did. I, I'll say Abreu had a hot hand in the ALDS. He, he clobbered well, Minnesota Twin Pits. And that's coming off of an Arizona series when you desperately needed you know, anything that, to go in your favor with must-win situations. And he basically was your entire offense for a three-game series. So he has been riding a, a, a wave of positivity and being hot lately. But you also, re, again, with the, the whole Janet Jackson philosophy, you know it's what have you done for me lately in Astros fans' minds. But when you look at it from a team perspective and you realize you wouldn't be here without Tuck and you know the numbers that he put up throughout the season – let, let you to believe that it's not just a one-year wonder either. This guy is a consistently all-star caliber major league hitter that you want to have higher in your lineup than a guy that's 
easily on the downside of his career that is salvaging with what he did in the last two series more so than establishing that he's still an all-star caliber first baseman. 3864, Dustin can do exactly what you guys want. You'll still find a way to complain. All you guys do is cry. We gave Dusty, Dusty Flowers after the ALDS. We give Dusty Flowers when they're, when they're due. I, I spent 90% we, of the season in Dusty. We trust we so talked it's just about, not an accurate text. We talked about last week, it, it, like, are you good with Dusty Baker being back after they won the ALDS? And I'm immediately sitting here today being like, why did I ever say yes I, to that I, question? I still believe that. I still believe that. I know, but if, like, if, you, gonna, if you got swept in the ALCS, I'm still fine with Dusty back as the manager next year. It's just frustrating because, like, we, it, it's just the wrong – he's going to put the wrong lineup out there. Like, it, it just – it makes no sense to why Jose Abreu is going to bat behind Jordan Alvarez. I really hope we're pleasantly surprised. The Rangers lineup is out. The, the, the story there is Evan Carter's batting third. It is out today? It, the Rangers lineup is. We're still waiting for the Strohs. But, like, I would love to be pleasantly surprised – and see Kyle Tucker batting fifth behind Jordan Alvarez today. I just don't think it'll happen. I don't yeah. think it will either. What would your lineup be today? You're filling it out. What would you shape up the lineup? 713-780-ESPN. What would be your order? 713-780-3776, the HRP listener line. Also, who would be your center fielder? Would you go with Chaz? Would you go with Mauricio Dubon against Max Scherzer? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees broadcasting live from Wakefield Crowbar. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Apollo Men's Health. I've been telling you about Apollo Men's health for several years because I believe in what they do and what they do is they make a better you and and as you get older and you get more stress in your life a lot of times you don't perform the way you used to it might be in the boardroom the the weight room the bedroom in a variety of different ways you can't get that to-do list done on a daily basis like you used to and you think there's no hope in trying to get it back well there is and it's at the people at Apollo Men's Health where they can help you can get energy more on a daily basis from B12 shots to all the different ways that they do hormone therapy you can get into a workout program and chart your results Results with a body composition analysis that tells you about all your numbers, your body fat numbers going down, your muscle mass going up, the, the, the important numbers sitting where they need to be. Those are things that can actually motivate you to keep going on your program and your journey. Recovering quicker, that's a problem. You get sore too fast. HGH peptide therapy available there. And they now have semi-glutide available, FDA approved. You could lose up to six pounds every week, and you don't have to work out at all. It's all available at Apollo Men's Health. If you're interested at all, you think these services can help you, go to ApolloMH.com right now. Check out all those services. If there's a few that could interest you, sign up right there for your first appointment. Most major insurance is accepted. Discounts for military personnel and first responders. Mention my name, Joel Blank, a free B12 shot or a body composition analysis on your first official visit, but then let the process go from there. Answer their questions honestly. Tell them where you're lacking. They'll put you on a program that works. They'll get you the results you need. Go see my friends today at Apollo Men's Health. ESPN 97.5 on Twitch. All systems go. Houston is all systems go. You're back in the hive with the Killer Bees. Live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at Wakefield Crowbar, here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. We're enjoy the, enjoying the daily happy hour, 2 to 6, Monday through Friday. It's outstanding. You got some uh, boneless wings, 50 cents, a big beer, Modelo for $3. They also do daily specials like today's Wild Wednesday. Boneless wings for just a quarter a piece. White tea shop for $3. This is a spot to enjoy happy hour every day. It's your spot to enjoy daily specials every day. It's also your spot to watch your sports. Wall-to-wall TVs, great space, great 
time to be had here at Wakefield. It's the Crowbar. atmosphere, the ambiance right. that brings you in, and then you just can't leave. I like the way you As put che- that. That's the way Chelsea, Chelsea's no longer just a soccer club. Chelsea is the, she is the, the expert, expert here at the fact that it just sucks you in at Wakefield Crowbar, and you can't leave. It's so much fun. Here's the uh, – I agree. I agree with you. There's no doubt about it. 8-3-2-7, Tucker's batting 0-91 in the postseason. It's kind of hard to buy in on a guy like that. He needs an all-star level rest at this point. Had two balls off his bat at 100 miles per hour in game two. Like, if those if, – here, here's the thing. Like, if those balls find holes, like, just say they found a hole. His line shot to first base. The other one where he hit over 100 miles off. If those find holes and he was two for four, are we having this discussion today? No. I don't think – no, I don't Absolutely think we not. are. I think that, when, you know – it's, it's really kind of quirky, too, in the fact that we're talking about Bregman in a lot of ways the same way, right? But no one's hankering to move Bregman because he's barreled up a lot of baseballs. He's done the same thing, 100-mile-an-hour exit velocities, hit him in the wrong part of the park. They've been caught, but we're not hearing the same people clamoring because he also has gotten a couple of base hits. So, obviously, just charting the success of getting on base with whether it's a, a squeaker that gets through the middle you know, or, or a, a dribbler, it doesn't matter. People are just watching the box score and going, well, he's got some hits. No, let's not talk about Bregman. doesn't matter what Tuck, it's Tucker's exit velocity is. He's not getting any hits. We can't play him anywhere close to the top of the lineup. I think it's a pretty poor way to predict what's about to happen. Like, if you had a guy that was 0 for 4 but hit four line drives into you know, the, the third baseman's glove, and you had a guy who was four for four, but he had four bleeders, just infield singles or seeing guy singles bloopers. Which guy do you have more confidence in the next day that's going to do some damage? It's an easy answer. I mean, it's just the guy barreling the baseball. <laughs> yeah, it's the, you're right. It's the box score analysis. Uh, 713-780-3776. All that said, what would be your lineup tonight for Dusty Baker against Max Scherzer? I would go Altuve leading off. I would put Brantley second. I would put Jordan third. I would put Bregman fourth. I would put... Uh, Tucker, fifth. I would put Abreu, sixth. I would put du- Pena, seventh. Dubon, eighth. And Maldi, ninth. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Uh, I do. I would push back a little bit with the Jordan in the three spot. Like, it's fine. I don't love my best hitter in the three spot because that spot in the lineup bats with two outs, none on, more than any other spot in the lineup. Uh, we saw him in the, in the cleanup spot last game. Obviously, hit a couple of home runs. That's cool. Well, I'd sure like to see Jordan Alvarez get more at-bats than anybody else That's on what my I'm team. Saying. Like, I, I know would, where you're going, but I, I, I just want him in the first inning. Yeah, see, I'd rather, honestly, I'd rather him bat lead off in the second inning than bat with two outs, nobody on in the first inning. Like, what if, of those okay. two spots, what is more valuable to you? Two outs, nobody on, Let's, last at-bat in the first inning, or leading off the second inning? Possibly starting something up. No, I get what you're saying. So then let me throw this at you. Would you, put, would you bat him second? I, I absolutely. Second, honestly, is my, my second favorite spot. Yeah, put Altuve in the leadoff See, and put Jordan second. I, I wouldn't hate the idea of Jordan leading off. Like, I, know, I, I saw you tweet I, that. I know it's radical. Oh, oh go the Kyle I, Schwarber, Anthony Rizzo route. Why not? Like, There's nothing wrong with it. And look, I, I, don't want, I don't love being prisoner of the moment when you're talking. Like, I hate nitpicking batting orders because I think overall it's a very minimal thing, but it matters a lot more in the postseason because games are magnified. Like, over 162, I don't really care what a batting order is. Whenever you're down 2 nothing in the ALCS, let's have that conversation. Like, and again, I don't want to be prisoner of the moment here, but could you imagine Jordan Alvarez in the leadoff spot in game two where instead of Jose Altuve coming up with the bases loaded one out in the fifth inning, it's Jordan Alvarez? Or how about in the ninth inning where Jose Altuve was the only guy in your lineup that had five plate appearances? If you could guarantee that one guy gets five plate appearances and everybody else gets four, who is the one guy that you're giving yeah. an extra plate appearance to? It's, it's Jordan. He's the guy mashing for you. He's the only guy that you can say unequivocally, that dude is hammering the baseball and he puts fear in the Rangers' hearts right now, 
that's an obvious it's a, it's an obvious way to look at it and say, look, if I need to maximize the amount of bat uh, the the maximum amount of at bats for my best hitter, it's the best way to do it. I still that's why I want him to bat in the in the first inning. And if you want to you know work with your point of I, exactly what we've seen and have happened multiple times, if he comes out two out comes up, comes up two outs nobody on. Then bat him second, and maybe that gets yeah. Altuve going too. I, I would my preferences for Jordan because I'm a believer that you figure out the best spot for your best hitter, and then you fill out the lineup around him. Like I'm not sp- I'm not filling out my lineup one through nine. I'm filling out my lineup with my best hitter as my focus. If hey, if you think it's cleanup, cool. Like fill out Jordan Alvarez before anybody else. Put Jordan in that cleanup spot, and then build around him. Uh, if you think it's the two hole. Cool. Bat him in the two-hole. Fill out the rest of your lineup around that. I love the idea of leading him off. Second's my second favorite, and then cleanup's my third favorite. I would roll out, honestly, I would roll out Jordan, Altuve, Brantley, Bregman, Tucker, Abreu. I go Dubon because he's a little better, uh, more of a contact guy. Pena's a good on-base guy, which I kind of want Pena to get on base for Jordan Alvarez, which is just two hitters away. Maldonado, and then uh, now it's back to the top. And In fact, I wouldn't hate the idea of Pena batting ninth. Like if you're gonna have Jordan kind of leading lead off. off, yeah, but but why did Payne go nuts last year in the in the playoffs? Because he was batting second in front of Jordan, who was hitting third. Mm-hmm. Like okay, get Payne in that nine hole in front of uh, in front of Jordan in that leadoff spot. Payne has been a good on base guy the second half of the year. He went nuts in the postseason last year, hitting in front of Jordan Alvarez. I wouldn't mind Payne batting ninth in front of Jordan. Now I don't expect Dusty to even come close to doing that. I expect right. the lineup tonight to be. Uh, I think Altuve's going to lead it off. I think Brantley's going to bat second. Bregman's going to hit third. Jordan's going to hit fourth. Abreu's going to hit fifth. Tucker's going to hit sixth. Dubon seven. Pena eight. Maldonado nine is what I'm predicting. I, I think that's pro- probably pretty realistic because of just being able to tell Dusty's tendencies and knowing where he, you know, where he keeps his loyalties and how he likes to line up his his, his order. Uh, I think to me the thing on Pena too is the fact that he's suddenly reverted back to kind of swinging for the fences. He, he's he he looks a lot of times. Like, because he's been in situations where, again, two outs, but they're looking for a big blow. They're looking to get a run, you know, right away. I think that that's the worst-case scenario for him, where he was effective the, the late part of the season was, where he was just looking to take things the other way, trying to drive a ball up the middle, trying to get that, that ball to hit some green grass in the outfield uh, and set the table. If it helps him at nine because he knows he's going to, you know, they, they don't want to face – uh, they, they, they're going to give him better pitches because they know what's coming up behind him. Great. Yeah. But I think he's got to get back to just being a contact hitter, trying to be a contact hitter, instead of trying to hit a long ball. It's, it's really hard whenever you're hitting in front of Maldonado, though, because you're not getting – like, right. they understand the danger of Jeremy Pena. Like, they understand what he did last year in the playoffs. They understand that Pena in the second half of the year was over a 300 hitter with, like, a, nearly a 350 on base percentage. So who are you going to attack in that pocket? 8-9. Pena's hitting eighth. Maldonado's hitting ninth. You're not going to give Jeremy Pena anything to hit. Nope. You're going to give him a steady dose of breaking balls. Yeah, because you know that the guy coming up behind him is basically an automatic out that's going to half hustle, that's going to a lot of times sacrifice bunt rather than swing it full swing anyway. And, and so they're they're capitalizing that as they should. And Bochy's the kind of guy that's going to call that's going to challenge Dusty in a lot of ways. There were people talking about the other day where he was challenging Dusty. He wanted to see if Dusty would pull. Chaz and, and, and put Dubon in the lineup earlier in the ball game. I think those are the same kind of chess match things that you're going to see happening. And you know the Rangers have no reason to shy away from staying away from Pena and throwing to a guy that's not a great hitter. Yeah, we, we kind of answered the question, 713-780-3776, if you want to opine. Look at Joe's thoughts on this too, hip, hip, pore. Um Dubon or Chaz in center field against Scherzer? Oh, Dubon. It's just because Chaz right now is showing no ability to lay off a bad pitch. We saw it in the last game, like everything was down and away. And, and, I mean, it didn't feel like the catcher caught a single pitch. Everything was off the bounce. 
and he was just chasing after everything. He said it after the game. He was very unhappy with the way, like, with his plate appearances. It's Dubon right now. Like, it just, I, I think he's going to give you better at bats. I was, and frankly, uh, I think he's good enough in center field. I was unhappy with Chaz's at bats too. They were bad. Chaz wasn't the only one that was unhappy with Chaz. Because yeah, be. the thing is, is he's not getting, he's not even getting quality at bats where he's making the pitcher work a little bit. He's seeing more pitches. He's waiting to get a pitch that he can actually do something with. He's over anxious. He's flailing. And yeah. to Joe's point, he's chasing balls way out of the zone. I mean, Leclerc was just throwing ball after ball after ball at the end of that game, and like, and these guys could have just gone up there, put the bat on their shoulder, and they might have won the game. They might have won game two. Like, they walked Brantley on, what, four pitches, and then it was ball, ball, ball. Yeah. And then they just – but then they started swinging for no reason. It's Dubon right now. Like, Chaz, I think, is in his head a little bit. They didn't want anything to do with Brantley in that spot. Like, th- yeah. that, that should tell you everything that you need to know. That spot with Brantley, I think mm-hmm. it was in the sixth inning, uh, whatever inning it was. Runner at first, two outs. Bruce Bochy, he doesn't give Brantley anything to hit. Four-pitch walk, first and second, two outs, and then swing and miss, swing and miss, swing and miss at three pitches in the dirt from Chaz. Like, Bruce Bochy is telling you your answer. They would much rather face Chaz with a runner in scoring position versus Michael Brantley with a runner at first. And you know what? And the other thing on Chaz, too, is you can just you can tell he's pressing. I was talking about it when we talked about the, the mental side of it and what we're seeing out of Tucker with the frustration. Chaz just looks like he's he's like over caffeinated. He just he's so edgy, jumpy and, and, you know, and trying desperately to do something that, you know, makes an impact and gets him off, get, gets him off the schneid that he just looks like a guy that's pressing and probably could use a day off regardless if it's a regular season of the playoffs. But because it's so hyper-important, and we talked about putting your best offensive lineup out there regardless of defense and otherwise, when you're in a, in a hole, this is the hole, this is where you need the most offense, and this is where Dubon, when he played against Minnesota, gave you some knocks. Did, uh, did you hear the latest internet rumor on Chaz in center? He was vaping. In center field. I think there was like a mom or a Karen that was like heard a rumor that Chaz was vaping in center field. Yeah, like some people ran with it. Like uh, Mike McDaniels, the Dolphins head coach. He was vaping on the sideline last year. No, he was not. No, he was not. Yes, he was. Uh, That is 100% fact. (laughs) I don't believe that. You have the video to back it up. I will get you the video during the break. I guarantee you. This sounds like a dog Twitter. This sounds like nope. an NBA central or you whatever. You sure John Boy didn't put that out there? Yeah, a pro no, no, football no. talk spelled with zeros and not O's. I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm buying did, this one. You know, who, like back in the day, though, like Jimmy Leland, they used to always catch him smoking <laughs> cigarettes in the dugout. There were players that did it all the time. Keith Hernandez. That's not a vape. He's keeping his hands warm. That's a bad video. You don't even see the vape. There's another one. It's a cold day. He's keeping his hands warm. I can't believe you fell for that, Joe George. I'm disappointed it's in you. It's a vape. You. He's vaping. You, you do not see a vape ever. You see him blow into his hands on a cold day. You, you don't see right a now? vape. Do it's you a see vape. a tangible device I, in his hands? Everyone says he's vaping. Yeah, there you go. You're and one of the sheep. He went, he went on McAfee's <laughs> show and he giggled like a little school this. Listen girl. to this. This is what's the problem with mainstream media. As you get people like oh. Joe, they're going to believe everything you they say. Hey, you know what, Jeremy? <laughs> Thank you for calling me mainstream media. I appreciate No, it. you're the sheep that <laughs> follows mainstream media. Can you imagine nowadays if guys lit up a heater in the, in the dugout like they used to, though? I mean, it's one thing now that we're talking about vaping instead of cigarettes. When guys used to smoke cigarettes in the dugout, he blew his hand. No, I'm right. I'm that video you. was awful, he by the way. He might have had like a string on the mitten, and he was biting the end of it. And you think it's a vape? Yeah, that's okay, uh, George, uh, Joe Boy, instead tough, of John man. Boy. That's tough. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. We'll be on lineup watch for Dusty. What is it going to take for you to believe the Texans are playoff contenders, though? Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Killer Bees broadcasting live from Wakefield Crowbar on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN. 
92.5. My colleague, go Kooks, U of H class of 1990, he used to protect a Heisman Trophy winner, and he's still in the protection business because now he wants to protect the interest of your business. He's been doing it for nearly 25 years. HRP provides comprehensive human capital management services, including HR compliance, it's in the name, benefits administration, and payroll, also in the name. HRP will also work with you to customize a plan for whatever you need. There's nothing cookie cutter about HRP. If you need a little help, a lot of help, anything in between, HRP will create a plan for what you and your business needs. Also, their customer service second to none. It isn't a stranger on the other side of the line. You'll be calling someone that is familiar with you. They're familiar with your company. I can speak to the customer service over at HRP. I have tons of questions. You probably guessed that. I always get a quick response, though, whenever I email those questions. Always very easy to understand. Very thankful for that. Let HRP take on the demands of human resources and eliminate your HR burden so you can get back to growing your business. Give them a call right now, 281-880-6525, and let HRP customize a plan for you, 281-880-6525. Or visit them online at hrp.net. That's hrp.net. ESPN 97.5. God listens to us, too. You're listening to the Killer Bees. Broadcasting live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at Wakefield Crowbar. Now, now, back to Blank and Brenham. Yeah, it is Blank and Brenham. It is the Killer Bees, and we are at Wakefield Crowbar enjoying some wings. Blankers eat faster than I do. I don't. They're all back there. Oh, I thought you. I thought they already no, cleared no, it out no, of the way. No. I didn't know it was behind me. I don't have very good peripheral I'm vision. I'm pacing. That's smart. Smart of you to do. But uh, very cheap wings. 25 cents on a wild Wednesday. Modelo Big Beer for $3 every day, Monday through Friday. Happy hours from 2 to 6 here at Wakefield Crowbar. And, of course, the spot uh, to watch the Houston Astros in Game 3 of the ALCS tonight. We'll be on lineup watch, but we, we had this conversation. I can't remember the last time we had this conversation. It got brought up a little bit yesterday, but not we didn't dive into it, didn't take the deep dive. Asking you, 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, some people believe the Texans are there. Some people believe that the Texans are legitimate playoff contenders right now. I, I'm, I raise my hand. I, I'm guilty as charged. I think their schedule, I think that they're a decent football team. I think they're definitely going to be in the hunt for the playoffs this year. Blankers, you mentioned yesterday, you're not quite ready to go there yet. And I think you speak for the majority of the city, too. And some of it might be battered Texans fan syndrome for what they put you through in the last three years, winning 11 games coming into the season in the last three years. For you, for those people that don't believe the Texans are playoff contenders yet, 3-3 three and three entering the bye, 713-780-3776, what is it going to take for you to believe the Texans are playoff contenders? Well, I think it starts with seeing more another convincing win or two right I think that I, I think it's one thing to say look they've already surprised me with where their level of play with the the way that they're organized we talked over and over about CJ but just overall the coaching staff the roster the talent the execution of systems on both sides of the ball it makes you believe that they are on the cusp that they are making progress that, that they are right there but it's going to take a couple of wins you know it's like a signature win for me I thought the Jacksonville win was good early on, but you've kind of had their number. And you know that your division is weak. And you don't have one of the teams in your division that looks like it's a Super Bowl contender. It just, you know, they made the playoffs last year. So there would be the hands-on favorite with the Trevor Lawrence and and guys like that, that you could say they're supposed to win the division. Okay, so you got that win. I need something more. I need a bigger, more impactful win to show 
this team's ready to take it to the next level against the next level of competition. I saw some good things. I saw some wins. But now I'm still searching for that one that kind of puts me over the top and says, now that is a big win. Like they didn't, and it wasn't gifted to them that they just keep playing the way they're playing and they take it to somebody. That would be where, and then they're a quality football team. That's where I would probably start leaning that way. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. What is it going to take for you to believe the Texans are playoff contenders? I think that's a. I think it's fair. Like what you just said, like a, a statement victory. You bring up Jacksonville because that would be my pushback. They went on the road to a team that won the division last year and won by 20 points, and they had their quarterback. Trevor Lawrence played in that game. He wasn't hurt. They didn't beat a Trevor Lawrence-less team in Jacksonville on the road by 20. Uh, I I would push back and say that's a statement victory, but if if we ignore that altogether, and the Texans, you're right, they have had the the number of Jacksonville. If we just say that's, you know, Texans, they beat up on the Jags, it's just kind of what they do. I look at the rest of the schedule – and other than at Cincinnati, three weeks after the bye, there's not a game that exists See, that would I was, qualify I did too, for that. Yeah. I, I, would, I mean, look, I think if you beat Cincinnati, that would probably be it for me because they're going to be desperate. They've already given away some games early, whether it's Burroughs injury alone or uh, you know a variety of different factors. But that's a team that several people had favored to do a lot of damage this year, including one that's on this show possibly getting to a Super Bowl. I think that they're going to be desperate. I think that they're going, you know, and so if you can, you can take on a, a team in a hostile environment simply because they're desperate and you can yeah. beat them, that's a win that I could a- absolutely get on board with and say, yeah, now I'm, now I'm not just thinking that they're going to be in the hunt. Now I'm thinking they're a playoff team. Well, they are going to play two of the best defenses in the NFL this season. Like the Jets and the Browns have shown that, like, regardless of their quarterback play, that their defenses are absolutely elite. There's a, a – a, Maybe there's a chance Kyler Murray's going to play against the Houston Texans because oh he practiced today all of a sudden. But I, I, like I already said it yesterday on the bullpen from 6 to 7. Um, oh, boy. The Houston, the, thumbs Te- up. the Houston Texans are going to make the playoffs this year, in my opinion, regardless of whether they win the division or they make the wild card. I look at the teams in front of them, and I think that they can, they can do it. Of the seven teams that are currently in the playoffs, they're 2-1 and one against those teams. But can- they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. They beat the Jags, and they lost to the Ravens. I, I think they're good enough right now. Obviously now Anthony Richardson's out for the season. I don't believe in the Indianapolis Colts. I definitely don't believe in the Steelers. We talked yesterday about the Baltimore Ravens. Like, they're not really the team that we thought they were in week one. So I, I'm in on the Texans. I think they make the playoffs regardless, wild card or division. I think they're going to be in. But you guys know what the caveat is, right? I want the signature win, and I also can't have the trip over your own and, and screw one up that you're supposed to win. Yeah, right? I think after the you need bye, to take care of one. business and beat the teams you're supposed to beat on the road to getting that signature win. You can't trip up and take a team that's supposed to be a lesser than and lose that game. The uh, the Jets are in week 14. The Browns are in week 16. So now it's to like it brings up the question: Is it is it too long? Like, are you waiting too late in the season before you're ready to declare? the Houston Texans is a playoff team. And then I, I think that it's a good point, too, with, like, don't trip over your own whatever mm-hmm. because you, you look at – and I don't even need the Texans to win every single one of those games. They just need to win a healthy amount of those games. We look at the three-game pockets, like Carolina, Tampa, Cincinnati. That's one pocket. Uh Arizona, Jacksonville, Denver, that's another pocket. Jets, Titans, Browns, another pocket. If you win those series, you're a playoff team. And I, I agree with Joe that this seems like the year in the AFC where nine wins is going to get you mm-hmm. – in contention, and if you have the right tiebreakers, nine wins might get you in. And part of this, I think, is is before the season, what we all thought of the AFC, and then what our eyes are telling us. Like, Justin Herbert, top five quarterback. All right, he's, his last eight losses are by, like, seven points or less. Are we ready to call him overrated? Uh, yeah. We're I'm teetering in. on it. I'm there. 
I'm not there yet because I've seen thrown a, fourth I, quarter picks. I've seen a lot of good in him too, though. I, I just think that he's a talented, talented quarterback to where I'm not I'm not willing to say overrated yet. He's but got, I think la, la, this last week did a lot to, to lend itself to the fact that maybe he doesn't have that gene. Maybe he doesn't like, have that gene to execute down. You know, in crunch time, he's got like the, double the amount of Favre I want. In my quarterback. <laughs> like, there's just enough Brett Favre that's a good thing that I think Josh Allen has. Justin Herbert, I think, has too much of it. Maybe Josh Allen does too, but, like, I, I think he – well, so all these quarterbacks, they none of them are playing up to their contract. They all seem overrated. Every single one besides Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow, I think I still I still believe in. He's played He's much better the last two weeks. Yeah. But, like, Herbert, Dak, Josh Allen, every single one of these Lamar. guys. Get, Lamar. Deshaun. Is, Deshaun. They're getting these fat paychecks. Kyler Murray. And then they're doing nothing with them. That's crazy. And they're basically they're making business decisions. Yeah. They're like, hey, I just want to live my life and love my money. I, I, I'll sit this one out. It's like because like you pay them. like I think it's still early. And then you expect them to take that next step, and none of them are taking Lamar it. Lamar did it to Burrow. get paid. Deshaun's done it since he got paid. Yeah, like, but overall, you're just seeing guys that once the checkbook comes out, they're like, eh, I'm okay. I think it's like it's like you expect them to be another guy, and like they've shown you who they are, and like maybe there's not that other step. I think that's why it's clearly Mahomes, Burrow, one, two. All these other guys, I don't know anymore. Mahomes, Burrow, one, two? I think Allen. I'm still a Burrow. Yeah. Around, See, I, I'm a. I think Allen has more talent than Burrow, but I think Burrow is just cool, calm, collected. He's going to make the right plays in the big moment. Where I think the opposite of Josh Allen. So you're saying that, that it truly is just the injury with Burrow. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. And, and it seems like they've righted the ship. Like they they feel like a much better football team the last couple of weeks than the first couple of weeks of the year. See, now I hear what you're saying. The only reason why I stay with with Allen is the fact that week one he was terrible. And he righted his own ship, and he came right back, and he showed you that he could still do it. Yeah. And then I go back to the Mahomes-Allen game where everything was on the line. It was the playoffs. You had you know every, one little screw-up, and you're done. And he hung with him punch for sure. punch, blow for blow, to where I believe that he is that dude. Burrow's also proven it. It's, you, I don't think there's a wrong answer at number two, but I still think because of the physical aspects of what Allen brings to the table too – I would lean a little bit to Allen, but I also understand that decision-making-wise, probably you you would lean more be, to, to Burrow. You see, Allen at his best is capable of being the best. Allen also shows you 25% of the games that he plays that he's turnover-prone and you can't win with him. CJ, number two. Well, I'm just kidding. I'm not that hot takey. Not quite that hot So, takey. number three. Uh, <laughs> top five. I mean, I have him in my top ten. I know top ten's different story. I probably have him in my top seven to eight. I didn't do it yet this week, but he's there. Like he's in my top top ten right now. Yeah, seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. If you're a non-believer of the Houston Texans being a team that's worthy of playoff contention, that will be in playoff contention, what is it going to take for you to get there? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. And is Joe George is Jorge onto something that AFC's maybe not as good at the bottom as we thought? Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. You found ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. I can feel it. I can feel it down in my plums. You're getting a nice bluish hue.